of our series called The Approval Factor. And if this is your first time here with us today, we're delighted that you have chosen to, to join us. And uh, we are, if you're looking for a church home, we're, we'd love to have you. We know people oftentimes um, are looking for something that fits within who they are, and uh, perhaps you'll find something that fits in your heart here at Metro Believers Church today. We do have a, a, a free gift for you if you're a first-time visitor. On your way out the door to your left, there's an information center there. You can stop by, and they'll give you a, a free gift from us to you. I want to welcome our on live, online um, audience today. I know many of you are traveling and vacationing, and perhaps you're watching from your tent. <laughs> Who knows, right? Um, or a hotel room or a resort somewhere or perhaps from grandma's house. Thank you so much for taking time this morning to join us live. We're so delighted that you have done that. Now, over the past um, couple of weeks, we have been laying a foundation for getting the approval in our lives um, from the right source. How many of you were here last week? Let me see your hands. And how many of you were here the week before? Let me see your hands. Well, you'll remember um, that we talked a little bit about getting the approval in our lives, getting approval from the right source. Uh, someone once told me that they were standing in line at a register checking out <laughs> one day, and uh, one of the customers wanted to pay with a check. How many of you know that's novel these days? Um, but they wanted to pay with a check, and of course, uh, as you probably have experienced when you do that, they need an approval, and so um, the lady at the cash register, um, the cashier said, hey, I need an approval and, uh, on this, and the lady uh, at the next register said, your hair looks nice. <laughs> How many of you know that's not the approval she was looking for, right? <laughs> and, uh, but we all go through times when we feel like we need the approval of others. We need that, you know, attaboy, you're doing a great job, you know, the approval of others. Um, but sometimes um, it just doesn't happen like we want it to. And we're going to talk about that today. If you don't have one of our outlines, slip up your hands and our ushers will get you one. So you can fill in the blanks with us and follow along. You can follow along on version Live as well. Um, you know how to do that if you're around here. Um, how many remember the movie, What About Bob? Oh, yeah. I'm, I know I'm dating myself. Maybe the younger generation aren't as familiar with that. But uh, it was about, you know, Bill Murray, um, who followed his psychiatrist around, who was Richard Dreyfus, right? And uh, do you remember he actually followed him to his vacation home? Um, way back out, and um, he was begging for some attention. He was begging for approval. He, he, he said this, I need, I need, I need. Remember that? I remember that. I remember when that movie came out, and I watched it, and as a pastor, I could relate. <laughs> Not saying anything about you, <laughs> but it was just, I had so many things happening at the same time back then um, that was so similar to people, um, you know, sort of, tracking you down, almost stalking you, wanting your approval or wanting to have their needs met. Um, so some of us may not be that extreme about this whole approval thing, but there are times when all of us need approval from others. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church um, of Galatia, um, mentioned something like that in verse chapter 1, verse 10. He says, am I now seeking the favor 
or we could say approval, right? The approval of men or of what? God. Or am I striving to please men? Am I, in other words, am I a God pleaser or a man pleaser? Um, if, it, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And so this is a matter, this whole idea of needing approval, this is a matter that I think every single one of us as believers need to settle er as early as possible in our Christian walk. Um, in other words, who am I trying to impress? Who, whose applause do I need? Is it the audience of one or is it the audience of many? Are, are we living our lives you know, in constant need of approval from someone else. Now, we all, I think, know the answer to these questions in terms of intellectually, but, but the, the, the problem is, is we all know it's God's approval we're looking for, and it's God's approval and no one else's. It's easy to say that. <laughs> I think it's easy intellectually to say that, that I live only for God's approval and no one else's, but how many of you know it's not as easy to do? Sometimes, it just these, some of these things are easy to say and they're harder to do. And the, and the reason why we often need approval from others is because we don't fully approve of ourselves. If you think about it, we don't really fully approve of ourselves. Many people simply don't like themselves very much. Maybe some of you sitting in this room uh, don't like yourself a whole lot. And when you don't like yourself, you tend, you tend to look for the approval of others more than you would. And the problem with that is others' approval is never quite enough because not everybody is going to like you as much as you need them to like you. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I heard a comedian one time say that he can be speaking in front of an entire audience the whole room is laughing, almost the whole room. As a matter of fact, he said sometimes there'll be one person sitting off in a corner with a frown on their face. And uh, he said uh, he, he doesn't just notice the guy, he obsesses over the guy, as a matter of fact. And even after the show, he keeps obsessing over that one person that wasn't laughing, right? trying to figure out why in the world, what did he do wrong? What's wrong with me? Why doesn't that person like me, right? Since you uh, and I both have the uh, ability and the luxury of having some emotional distance um, from that situation, we, uh, we hear about this comedian's insecurities and we say, well, that's crazy. Why in the world would you obsess? Why in the world would you get down or be upset? about this one person's, you know, non-approval, if you will. Maybe the guy isn't laughing because he has a headache, right? We could, we could reason that away. Maybe he's, maybe he's not laughing because maybe, maybe he had a fight with his wife on the way to the show. Or maybe, maybe he doesn't even know what funny is, right? <laughs> I mean, this guy. I mean, we, we, we can't, why can't you just enjoy the fact that everyone in the room thinks you're great, thinks you're doing a great job. And don't worry about that one person who didn't enjoy the show. Now, I think it's easy for all of us to say that, but sometimes it's harder. How many of you know it's harder to do when you're, 
When you're talking about someone else, it's easy to talk about and say, but when you're talking about your own self, it's a different situation entirely. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to stand up here and pretend. I'm not going to lie. As pastors, sometimes that happens to us. And let me, let me bring it down where, where we live. <laughs> As a pastor, sometimes I have a problem with that. I mean, I could be speaking in front of everybody, and the room can be full, and, and uh, everybody can be engaged, you know, and uh, nodding like you just did, Michelle. <laughs> you know, like you're into it. And then you got that one person sitting over there looking at you, you know, and you're thinking, all of a sudden you start to obsess over that one person's non-approval, right? And before you know it, the whole service can become like that. It's, you know, and you leave thinking, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? Why don't they like me? Yada, yada, yada. And so I have to do the same thing that I'm encouraging you to do today. <laughs> Just so you know, um, these are the things that I have to walk out um, of some of the things that I'm going to be sharing with you today. And so we're in week three of a four-week series called The Approval Factor. We've been looking at the topic of approval from all different sides. The first week in week one, there in your notes, you'll see there's some uh, things that we covered. Um, we learned in week one um, that you've been pre-approved. You've been pre-approved. We learned that he adopted you into his family. We learned that he chose you to be his. We learned that he chose you to be blessed and he chose you to be good or to be righteous or to experience all that God has in store for you and I. And he's given us everything we need to achieve that. Amen? Everything that pertains to what? Life and godliness, as the scripture says. In week two, in week two, we learned that we're citizens. We're citizens of heaven and we have, we're here on a worker's visa and not a what? tourist visa, yeah. Um, we also learn how to live up to the name we've been given as one approved, right? How many of you are glad for that? Learned how to do just that. Um, we learned also the importance of being responsible and disciplined in our life as a workman who does not need to be ashamed. And lastly, we learned how to correctly handle the Word of God. Check this out. We need to know it. Say this with me. We need to what? Know it and study it and what? Live it. And that's what we talked about last Sunday. We need to learn how to know it. We need to study it. And we need to live it. And so this week, today, we're going to talk about self-approval. <laughs> that's a big one, right? Self-approval. Overcoming the need for approval from others and learning how to actually pass your own mirror check. Some of you are saying, what is a mirror check? What in the world is a mirror check? Well, on the screen you'll see this. It's, and I think it's in your notes, it's the test you take when you look in the mirror and you decide whether or not you like the person looking back at you. Good question, isn't it? Do you really like that person looking back at you? <laughs> I'm not talking about this, your spouse, you know, standing behind you, you know, and you're looking past yourself. I'm talking about you. Do you like the person looking back at you? See, if you don't feel good about that person, you will probably spend the rest of your life trying to compensate in one way or another. It's a, it's a sad thing, but we do that all the time. We try to compensate. Maybe, 
Maybe we try to compensate with, you know, looking at love in all the wrong places. You've heard that before. We try to compensate. We go from one bad relationship to another bad relationship because we're looking for approval in people's lives. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. Maybe, maybe you'll compensate by finding an escape in alcohol and you find yourself drinking too much and compromising yourself that way because you're trying to compensate for that lack of approval. Maybe, maybe you'll compensate in trying to make everybody like you, you know, trying to be the life of the party. Maybe you compensate by bragging about yourself. You know, you're, you know, you're all that in the bag of chips, as they say overseas. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all that in a bag of chips. You know, maybe you compensate that way. Maybe, maybe you compensate by putting others down. That's the way you do it so that perhaps you can get the approval you need and the way you get that approval you think is by putting someone else down, making others look bad so that you yourself can look better. And perhaps that's the way you compensate. I mean, there's all kinds of ways we try to manipulate ourselves into forgetting what we're not satisfied with, right? And the person that lo is looking back in the mirror, what we're not satisfied with in them. The problem is none of these things work, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? None of these things work. I've met so many people over the years that they've messed up their lives so bad they hate the person they've become. And I know I'm probably not talking about you here today, um, but I've met people like that. They, they just hate the person that they have become. Have you ever felt that way? Have you personally ever felt that way? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, I really don't like you very much? <laughs> I, think, I think all of us probably have said that to one degree or another at some point in our lives. I think, I think all of us do that. And uh, but for some people, it happens so often that they just, it just becomes a way of life. That's just the way they live. That's, that they, they constantly look in the mirror and go, you know what? I don't like you. I don't like who you are. I don't like the way you live. I don't like how you fail. I don't like your inconsistencies. I don't like the past. I don't like the future. I don't. And before you know it, the list goes on and on and on. And the guilt and the shame... And the regret builds up until they sometimes think, I'll never be able to look at myself again. I don't want to see myself again. I don't want to look back at that person anymore. There's one thing I think all of us in this room have in common. It's called sin. Amen? How many of you know we, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? <laughs> we, we all have a past right? And we all have issues. Every one of us in this room, I mean, if you don't think you have issues, that is your issue, <laughs> right? <laughs> that is your issue because <laughs> we all have a past. Not, not just you, you know, the person sitting next to you, you know, has messed up. And the person sitting behind you has messed up. And the person sitting in front of you, has messed up, except for those of you in the front row. <laughs> now, that, that guy sitting in front of you is a pretty awesome dude, just so you know. <laughs> just kidding, right? Right? 
We all have made foolish decisions and foolish choices and destructive decisions. And we could all, with just a little bit of introspection, build a case against ourselves, right? You know, just think, think it through just a little bit. And uh, it wouldn't take long. You know, this is why I'm such a bad person. This is why I'll never pa pass the mirror check. We're talking about the mirror check today. And I'm here to tell you today that whatever your past is like, today you can pass the mirror check. You can. Everyone say you can. Turn to someone and say you can. You can do this. Not, not, by, not by lying to yourself. Not by lying about yourself. Not by actually fooling everyone around you. But here's the deal. You pass, check this out, you pass the mirror check by surrendering yourself to the grace of God. That's a tweetable moment today. You pass the mirror check by surrendering, surrendering yourself to the grace of God. And so, so today I want to take a few minutes to talk about a few steps that I think all of us can take to get there, right? So if you're not completely comfortable with who you are, if the guilt and the shame and the regret are still dogging you and dragging you down, these few steps, three steps I think I'm going to give you, will help you. I think they'll help you resolve some things and help you not have to run after everyone else's approval so that you can pass the mirror check. First, first, you ready to take some notes? Here we go. First, first, decide whose opinion really matters. Decide whose opinion really matters. Paul said in verse 10, he said, am I now seeking the favor or the approval, if you, if you will, of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? It's a good question. And I think all of us in this room need to resolve that question. How are you living? Who are you living for? What's this all about? You know, what's important to you? Because striving to please men or striving to impress people can lead us to do a bunch of crazy stuff in our lives. All trying to gain approval by, of someone else. I've seen people try to win approval of others at work. I've seen, I've seen them watch or, or do things that, that they would never do around their Christian brothers and sisters. I, I've seen them bow to peer pressure and give in to, you know, vulgar and, you know, all kinds of crazy and sexist and racist, racist statements um, that they would never be a part of in a normal situation with their Christian friends, all because they want to be identified as, you know, one of the crowd, one of the group, just kind of wanting to fit in and, you know, just be accepted or approved. Seeking the approval of man can get you to do all sorts of crazy things. It can get you to do all sorts. Of, the problem is, is when you compromise your integrity that way, just so that people will accept you. The problem is, is when you get alone by yourself, you have a hard time accepting yourself because of what you've done. So it's a self-defeating process, and it's not helpful or encouraging. And so today I want to encourage those of us that call ourselves Christians 
to separate ourselves from the pack. Amen? Just separate yourself from the pack. Get some distance between yourself and those of the whose approval you think you need. You know, some of you, you know, there's, there's perhaps one person or, or two people or a couple of people or a few people out there that you're, you're seeking the approval of so hard that you find yourself doing crazy things and compromising your integrity and your Christian walk and your commitment to Christ. And, and I just want to encourage you to create some distance in that. Take some time to think about whose opinion, whose approval really matters the most in your life. Who is it? Who do I need to impress? Who's, whose approval do I really need in my life? And as long, listen to me, as long as there is a name on that list other than Jesus, then I can promise you, you're going to have a hard time passing the mirror test, the mirror check. Because as long as you feel dependent upon the approval of someone else, you will always be at risk of compromising your commitment to Christ. Did you hear me? As long as, long as you feel dependent upon the approval of someone else, you will always be at risk of compromising your commitment to Christ. In other words, in order to gain the approval of X, I'm willing to sacrifice Z. And when you do that, it's just, it's a downward spiral. It's a problem, and you see this inconsistency in your own personal life, and you have a hard time passing what we call the what? The mirror check, okay? You don't like that person very much because you know how much you've compromised to gain the approval of others, and it just doesn't work internally. The second thing I think that would be helpful is you need to decide whose forgiveness really matters the most. Whose forgiveness really matters the most. Many of us, many of us have things in our past that we're not very proud of, right? I think all of us in this room pr could probably say there's some things. Anyone else but me? There's some things. Huh? I got like six hands. Wow. We're going to have we're going to have a prayer a prayer line in just a minute for all of you who are dishonest. <laughs> Anyone else know what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's some things. Right. There's some things I'm not real proud of in my life that I have done. Perhaps you've hurt people. You've hurt others beyond repair, and you've sought their forgiveness only to be stonewalled or rejected. Sometimes we say and do things that hurt others, and, and sometimes it's intentional. <laughs> sometimes it's totally unintentional when we do things that hurt others. And no matter how sorry we are, how, how, how you know, regretful we are, how repentant we are, People just hang on to things, and they refuse to forgive you and let you off the hook. We all have people like that in our lives. But here's the deal. God's forgiveness trumps everyone else's. Amen? God's forgiveness trumps everyone else's, and God's forgiveness matters most or more than anyone else in the world. And I want to make it real clear now. If you've messed up, if you've done something that, that you're aware of that has hurt someone, 
or has caused them pain, if you've sinned against another brother or sister in Christ um, and you've created a painful situation, you need to ask them to forgive you. Amen? You need to simply go to them and say, would you please forgive me for what I've done? So I'm not whitewashing that. I'm not pretending we haven't done things that we're sorry for, you know, or we've hurt people. You know, and if that person that you've gone to, you know, according to the Bible, that we should go to one another and, and repent, um, the whole Matthew 18 perspective, if that person forgives us, great, wonderful, hallelujah, <laughs> amen. Uh, but what if they don't? Maybe they won't forgive you, and maybe, maybe they'll hold it against you for the rest of of their life. They, they just won't let it go. They, they hold on to it, and they just won't let it go. When that happens, what, what can you do? Listen, if, if you've asked them for forgiveness, if you've, listen, I'm going to talk about a process here. If you've asked them for forgiveness, if you have taken steps to reconcile, if you've done all the things that you can do to make things right, and they're not ready yet, or they're not able yet, or they're not willing yet to forgive you, then you have to decide for yourselves whose forgiveness matters most to you. That was a great chance to say amen. Amen? Because, because here's the deal. God forgives you even when we don't deserve to be forgiven. How many of you are glad for that today? He forgives you even when everyone else refuses to forgive you. Let that settle right now. Just let it settle in your heart. He forgives you even when everyone else refuses to. And here's the deal. You cannot allow, listen to me, you cannot allow yourself to obsess over or be eaten up by someone else's unwillingness to forgive you. Amen? Did you hear me? You cannot, you cannot allow yourself to obsess, just like that comedian I talked about, obsessed over that one person. His whole life was messed up. His whole, his whole night, maybe the week, was ruined over that one person that just sat there and wouldn't laugh at anything he said. You, you cannot allow, you, listen, listen, you cannot afford that kind of response. You cannot afford to be eaten up on the inside or to obsess over someone else's unwillingness to forgive you when you've done everything you possibly can to make things right. Don't allow anyone else to take God's place in your life. Did you hear me? See, sometimes we can do that. We can, we can be so obsessed over it, that one person, that it's almost like we've put them above God. Because their approval matters more and their forgiveness matters more than God's. And that's not fair to you. That's not fair to God. Amen? It can't do it. Don't give anyone God's place in your life. No matter how wrong you were, no matter how right they were to be offended, don't give anyone else God's place in your life. Because God has forgiven you. Jesus Christ came into this earth and died a violent death for you. While he hung on the cross, all the sins of mankind were actually put on him, including yours, including your failures and your inconsistencies and, and your inability to do things perfectly, right? 
They were placed upon him. Amen? And that's the good news today. <laughs> Listen, 2 Corinthians 5.21 is good news. Here's what it says. God made him, who's him? Jesus, who had no sin, to be what? Sin for everyone else but you. Is that what it says? No, for everyone else. No, it doesn't say that. It says for us. Write your name in there. Get yourself a Bible you can write in. Amen? Even if it's just those notes in front of you, write your name in there. <laughs> for it, right above us, put God made him, right, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for Glenn. So that in him, in Christ, Glenn might become the righteousness of God. Amen? Now that's just for me, right? Or is it for us, right? Are you included? Yes. But why, why do we let other people's unwillingness to forgive us mess us up so much? I'm guilty of that. Just so you know, I'm, I struggle with that. When I, because I, I try to live at peace with all men, and I try my best to reach out if I know someone's offended at me, to make it right, to ask for forgiveness, to repent, even, even if it's a gray area, <laughs> you know what I mean? Does anyone know what I'm talking about, a gray area? Like, you're really not even sure you are guilty. <laughs> yeah, you're not, you're not really even sure that you've done something to them, but they have perceived a hurt. And so I will go to them and ask them to forgive me, and I, I cannot tell you how many people just say, yep, whatever, and just walk away and, you know, end a relationship over a foolish thing, and, and I let that affect me. I let that hurt me. I let that, I let that, I, sometimes I find myself obsessing over that. And I have got to change that, and I am working on that. Amen? Now, next week, I'll let all you get up here and confess your sins in front of the whole place. <laughs> but I'm working on it. God has forgiven you. Amen? There are people in this world who will not forgive you of your big sins. They won't even forgive you of your little sins. They won't even forgive you for the slightest of slights you may have inadvertently committed. But here's the deal. Look, at, look on the screen. Once you have made a good faith effort to make things right, the only thing left to do is help me now. Let it go. That's right. That's the only thing left to do. Embrace, embrace God's forgiveness and understand that God's forgiveness is the most important. Amen? And the third thing, the third thing today that I think you and I can do to help pass the mirror check, to help accept God's approval, is decide whose purpose for your life really matters. Right? Decide whose purpose for your life really matters. Paul said in that same verse, if, if I were still trying to please men... I would not be a bondservant of Christ. See, the mirror check, the mirror check um, every morning is not a dad check. It's not like you're asking yourself, am I doing everything my dad wants me to do? It's not even a country club check. You're not asking yourself, will the direction of my life that I'm taking 
you know, impress the folks at, you know, the club or the gym or the bar or, or maybe even the bowling alley? Will, will it pass that? It's not even a spouse check. We're not talking about a, a, a spouse check here where we say, you know, will my husband or wife give me permission to put God first in my life? What, can I pass that check? The mirror check is a God check and it's a gut check between you and God. Amen? The mirror check is a God check and it's a gut check. The mirror check is that moment in which you take a long look at yourself and say, God, you are my top priority. And God being right with you matters more than anything else. Living for you today is my main objective. That's what that is all about. And passing, passing the mirror check means that you embrace the grace of God in the moment. Everyone say embrace the grace of God in the moment. Passing the mirror check means that you embrace the God, the, the, the grace of God in the moment. That, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means you let go of the past. You choose. How many of you know it's a choice? It's not, it doesn't just happen to you. It's not all of a sudden you have these, you know, fluffy emotions, you know, that just work for you. No, you have to make a choice of your will. What are you going to do? And that simply, means, that simply means letting go of the past. It simply means letting go of what others might even think about you. I mean, we all want people to like us. I'm not saying do, don't be obnoxious, you know, just, just so, you know, people don't like you. I'm not talking about that. But you obsess. You have to let go of what others might think about you. You have to let go of what even you might think of yourself, Say, I'm a bond servant. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. I'm a servant of God. I don't belong to myself. Amen? I, I've been bought with a price. I belong to him. Jesus is Lord of my life. See, we forget sometimes that the Apostle Paul, the one who wrote this, had a horrible past to deal with. I mean, he, he's writing this stuff that we get so much out of in our lives with this whole backdrop of horrible experiences and horrible things that he had to let go of himself. And he, so when he's writing that we ought to let go of the past and press on, you know, it's for real. He had to do that himself, you know, and it's not just, just, just doesn't preach well, it's, it's life. And Paul made that very clear. Paul suffered great things. He suffered through a great deal of conflict in his life. If you study the life of Paul, you'll see how many things he went through and how difficult life got for him. He suffered conflict in his ministry, and, and a lot of people in his church didn't like him very much. <laughs> and he had to deal with that whole idea. And here's what he said in one of his letters. As a matter of fact, the church of Corinth, he wrote this. In, in chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, he said this, I care very little if I'm judged by you. I think all of us need to get to that point. Or God's more important than you, right? I care very little if I'm judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. But it is the Lord who judges me. Amen? 
It is the Lord that judges me. This is where we all need to be to the point where we can say, I don't let you judge me, and I don't even let me judge me. (laughs) It is the Lord that judges me. I surrender myself to the mercy of God, and he is my judge. See, there's no way you can be honest with yourself about who you are and what you've done and still pass the mirror check unless you understand and know the grace of God. See, Paul could say that because he knew the grace of God. Paul could say stuff like after inciting a riot riot and holding the coats of the people who stoned Stephen, Paul could say, I've wronged no man, I've harmed no man. The audaciousness of that. How could he say that? The audacity of a man who was guilty of so many things in his past. How could he say that? Because he knew the grace of God. Amen? He knew how to tap into the new creation that God had made him. The old things were gone and the new was there. He was not the person he used to be any longer. He was a new creation in Christ. He knew the grace of God. And here's the deal. Without the grace of God, the past never lets up and it never lets you go. Without the grace of God, the past never lets up and it never lets you go. It will hold on to you. It will beat you up. It will intimidate you. It will remind you of the horrible person that you used to be. But when you understand and tap in the unmerited favor of God and the grace of God, it'll make you a new person. You'll experience that. Amen? See, the Bible says that God has taken the misdeeds of the past and has dumped them into, this is an interesting phrase, the sea of, un, or the sea of forgetfulness. Wow. He's dumped them into the sea of forgetfulness. In other words, it's gone. I said, it's gone. I said, it's gone. Amen? It's gone. And all that remains is today. What are you going to do with today? What are you going to do with a brand new you? What are you going to do with a brand new day? What are you going to do with the next 24 hours right in front of you? What are you going to do with the new you? Amen? So as we close today, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Come on up. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? You see a new creation. You see the old is gone and the new has come. See the fact that you've been forgiven, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that you're more than a conqueror, amen, that you have victory through Christ. What do you see? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you see the fact that you didn't read your Bible yesterday? You said something a little bit too harsh to someone? See, you have a choice to make. What are you going to do with the new you? Now, I'm not saying you can't improve and you can't change, but you can obsess. Did you hear me? You can obsess 
over all of the little inconsistencies of your life and they will drag you down and destroy you. Or you can say, thank you, Jesus. I am more than a conqueror. I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. And see, from that gives you a platform to experience life at a whole nother level. Amen? So who do you see when you look in the mirror? My prayer is that, listen, this is my prayer for you today. My prayer is that you will see a man or a woman determined to live this day in the presence of God. My prayer is that you will see yourself as chosen by God and cherished by him. My prayer is that you see in yourself the scars of yesterday, that you will realize, when you see uh, in yourself the scars of yesterday, that you will realize that those scars are all that remain of a past that God has washed clean and that he has chosen to forgive you. I think my Siri is trying to interrupt my sermon. <laughs> my prayer is that as you pass the mirror check that you will realize that you didn't get here on your own. It is God's grace that makes you who you are, and it is God's grace that makes your day. Here's what you do at the beginning of each day to pass the mirror check. Embrace... God's grace, check this slide out. We got that back there? Embrace God's grace and seek his face. Let's stand. We can be eaten up trying to please people so that we can get their approval. I mean, I, I like all of you, I love all of you, but I, I cannot make your approval my main goal. Amen? You can't make me and my approval yours. It has to be, be his. Amen? We have, to, we have to see because from that, if you get the foundation right, then everything flows from there. You got it? When we understand that we're seeking the approval and the audience of one, and from that, you're able to live life in a way that helps you be life-giving and love people. Listen, there are people that won't forgive you, and you feel imprisoned by that. You can't allow someone else to take God's place. Amen? Let's just bow our heads. I just really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do some work, some, some open-heart surgery here. Because we can get so offended and hurt by others' actions. And we can hold on to that to the point where it messes up not only our day, but our life. I want to pray for some people today. If you're here and you'd say, that's me, you've been talking about me, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. All over. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God, you know what you're doing. You know how to get to us right when we need it. You're a God who sees. <laughs> you're the God who knows. You know what each one of us have been going through, and you see where we are. See our struggle to try and 
get the approval of all these different people in our lives and how consumed and obsessed we can become trying to achieve that. God, I pray that, that once and for all we'd settle it. And, and, and when it tries to jump back in like it has me recently and jump back in to the point where I'm, I'm starting to obsess over it or it's getting me down, help us to work through that and get back to where we need to be in terms of your approval seeking your face and embracing your grace. God, we long for you. We want you. We want to live a healthy life, not one that's constantly being dragged down by the deeds and the choices of others. That can create so much pain, so much hurt, so much disappointment. Help us to have such a great relationship with you that we're able to process that properly and put those things in their proper place. God, I just trust you to do a, a work in each of our hearts to bring healing and wholeness to each life that is not only here, but those who are watching online. Now let's just take a couple minutes and worship the Lord. At the end of the service, um, we'll have the pastoral team to the right and the left there to pray for you if you have a prayer need. But let's just take a couple of minutes here and just worship him and commit these things to him and respond to him. In Jesus' name. For I spoke a word. 